episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded weirdly. So, uh, it's just me. Again, it's going to be just me this week. A uh, number of things happened that put me in this position. Had a guest lined up, but due to some uh, issues, a little bit of scheduling conflict, a little bit of stuff happening that prevented us from being able to get together, that fell through. And Rage, while he did receive his motherboard back in time to get his computer put together, when he reassembled it, the error persisted. So, we're moving on to the next link in the chain. We He is RMAing his CPU. Um, in the meantime, so that we don't keep having to deal with this, Rage put off doing a couple of things, buying a couple of things that he was going to, to instead get a laptop, which he has already ordered, and based on tracking information, it's estimated to arrive uh, Monday. So, fingers crossed, it comes when it's supposed to, and it's not a dud. Um, you know, I-, I would say that it's probably fine, but given the luck that he's been having over the past six or eight weeks with technology, eh, um, I'm gonna, you know, cross my fingers and find a lucky rabbit's foot, or whatever. So today, due to everything that's been going on and the lack of me having any Franken-content as we burn through it all, you guys are getting a little bit of a solo show, and I'm going to talk through a couple of news topics that I found to be interesting, see where that leads, perhaps talk about Mass Effect. Uh, I was hoping to save that conversation until I had beaten the trilogy. I'm, I'm close. I've beaten Mass Effect 1 and 2, and I'm at about the halfway point for Mass Effect 3. Uh, but I'd like to be able to compare all three games in their sort of complete states or completeness. Um, and it would be good for me to have someone to bounce some stuff off of. So unless I'm really pressed for time, I'm going to avoid talking about that any farther. As far as games have gone this past week for me, that's been it, that and some battle tech, but I, I would imagine you guys have heard enough of battle tech. So, uh, Without further ado, I suppose we will move on to do the news. Um, I went and did a scan over the past week or so of news. Various sources had a couple of articles that struck my fancy, which you will find down in the show notes as usual. Um, the first one is Toontown Online is being preserved in a massive, well, preservation effort. Uh, I don't know how many of you guys have played Toontown in the past. I did in the early 2000s. I believe Toontown came out in 2003 or 2004. Um, officially, it shut down in 2013. But pretty much immediately, uh, private servers kept the game running ever since. Um, and the the largest Toontown server, which is Toontown Rewritten... Um, put up an archive of never-before-seen never Toontown history uh, with their Toontown Preservation Project. As quoted in the article, um, Brad from the Toontown team, The Toontown Preservation Project is a mini-site that archives the history of all things Toontown online that can't be preserved in Toontown Rewritten alone. 
These assets were collected over the past several years and even include donations from a few of the people who worked on the original Toontown online. So this is pretty neat. Um, in the article, there's a YouTube uh, video that I think, actually, I think this is just the trailer now that I start talking about that. Yeah, it's, it's just a trailer for the, for Toontown. But it's, I mean, you can, you can find this. There's a link to the actual Toontown Preservation Project website. Um, but that you can just go through and look at it. So I, I don't know how old you guys were when this, this released and if you played it or not. But Toontown's something that I played for quite a while when I was a kid. I remember playing in oh, middle school, high school, 2003, 2004. Yeah, that would have been middle school for me. So dating myself, uh, as I've done many times, sitting in like the computer lab playing Toontown um, instead of doing homework, uh, and even in high school, honestly, sitting in in the computer lab playing Toontown, I would stay for a lot of after school stuff, um, part of like the school computer club and a couple of other tech related things, and you know we would just fuck off and play video games. Toontown was one that we played on a regular play, regular basis, and we do other things like play Halo, uh, set that up for LAN or whatever. But not not a huge article, not a lot to to really point to. Just like one of those things, like ah yes, I played this in in my youth, and and it's neat to see that how many people still love and care for this sort of thing. Um, you know, games preservation is difficult. We've talked about that on the show multiple times before compatibility is is often an issue um and then when it comes to things that do require servers if you don't have the support from the devs uh at least some of the devs a lot of times it's very difficult if not impossible to backwards engineer putting together a a server for these games so glad to see that disney hasn't shut this down and that it's still going strong so i suppose if you wanted to play toontown you you could if you perhaps are listening and you have kids or uh, you know, nieces, nephews, young cousins, whatever. You could still introduce them to, to the magic of Toontown. Uh, the next news article for the night, uh, No Man's Sky gains major graphical upgrade and NVIDIA DLSS support. No Man's Sky is the game that just keeps on going. Um, Jim in Discord posted something about this, uh, yesterday, two days ago. I don't, I don't remember exactly when he posted it, but, um, the, uh, the Prisms trailer, um, and No Man's Sky just keeps going. Um, so essentially, as far as I can tell or have, have seen is that this, uh, update, which is 3.5, adds graphics, uh, better graphics options and visual improvements as well as, um, trying to optimize existing features for performance, I assume. Um, reading through the patch notes, like quickly glancing through them. Um, it, most of the stuff is, is centered around graphics updates. Um, but still, it's very cool. Uh, after I finished my playthrough of Mass Effect 3, or the Mass Effect trilogy, rather, I, I think it's time for another run in No Man's Sky. Not sure if I'm going to continue with my current game that I've got going, my current uh, traveler, or if I, if I'm going to start over again, I typically, when I dive back into games like this, start over just to get the, the new player experience again. But I really hope that this does, um, improve graphical performance. I've always had issues with No Man's Sky. I mean, it runs, it runs 
decent enough, I guess. But, um, you know, for the hardware that I have, I do expect to be able to get at least a smooth 60 out of it most of the time. And very often that's difficult to do. But looking at the trailers that they've got up for it, it does look much, much nicer. Much fewer jaggies, much more reflections and um, better range of colors. Um, adding better like bioluminescent effects for fungus and things in caves. And it just uh, makes it look a lot better, a lot more appealing. Um, makes me want to jump back into it again. And I think... That this is, uh, I mean, this is just an update. So again, continues to be quote unquote free. Um, feels weird to say that, you know, a game doing a free update, but plenty of games do not, as we know. No Man's Sky has consistently provided free content updates over its four year history. Yeah, four year history. I'm actually going to go look right now. Oh, <laughs> hey, I've still got it installed. I didn't realize I had it installed still. It's got an update queued. Yeah, it's about a year and a half ago, the last time I played. But I'm going to look at the store page. Yeah, there's no no DLC, or no paid DLC for it. I, every update they've ever had has been free. Another Mass... Or, another... Well, Mass... Yes, Mass Effect. Another Mass Effect thing, but also a No Man's Sky thing, is that they added um, the Normandy, the SSV Normandy, which is the ship from Mass Effect, as a frigate to the game. Um... I'm not sure if you can acquire it. It was posted on like their main news on the Steam store page. Apparently, this is an Easter egg, though, that players uh, were able to find after completing a uh, sort of quest line thing. I'm not, you know, I, th I think this is all content that's been added since the last time I played because they're talking about it being the second expedition. So definitely need to get back into that or have Jim correct me either on Discord or on Twitter. Um, but... Yeah, I think I'm feeling another Mass or Mass Effect, another No Man's Sky run coming soon. And that would be good because after playing Mass Effect for like two weeks straight, I'm way behind on my podcasts. So listen to some podcasts, play some No Man's Sky. Next on the topic list for today, uh, Devolver Digital's new game has been banned in Australia. So Devolver Digital released Sludge Life, which I've seen for free in a couple places. Um, I'm not sure if that was a promotion or it, it might have been Game Pass or the Epics. I, I don't know. I've seen it free somewhere, but, um, Sludge Life. Let me just read this, uh, the, you know, the boilerplate here. Traverse the corporately branded landscape, link up with other taggers, and steal junk and hearts along the way. Will you become the king of the island and tag every open inch, infiltrate sludge pumping corporation glug, or just take it all down in flames with you? Experience the thrills of vandalism from the safety of your computer. Curiosity and free will are your only motivators. Roll as you please through a tiny open world. Find and download apps to your laptop and waste your life away playing a game within a game. There's a couple other things here. Most notably, there's a dedicated fart button. Um, and a cat with two buttholes. So, sludge life there. Anyways, this game has been banned in Australia at... Not technically banned, but it's been refused classification, which means that if, if a game doesn't get classified, it can't be sold. So, effectively, it is banned. Um, currently, not sure why, like, the very specific reason for why it hasn't, or has refused to rate it. Um, the belief is that the, uh, there are drugs within the game. Um, 
which typically results in an automatic refusal to rate. Um, for example, Disco Elysium Final Cut, which was the sort of updated version for consoles that I think had full voice acting or something like that, was a refused classification for the same reason. Um, at least initially. It was later related and re... Um, it later did get classified, rather, as an 18+, plus, which is, you know, adults only. They're sort of a rating for adults only. Uh, I just I just find this interesting, endlessly fascinating, how all other countries tend to rate or not rate things compared to what I'm used to here in the States. Um, <sighs> boobies is probably all it takes to is to not be rated in America. We don't give a shit about drugs or violence or language, but sex, like, honest to God, sex, no siree, we can't do that. Uh, and well, not perfect, Australia is one of the better countries for protection, um, or consumer rights as it relates to digital goods. Devolver Digital tends to thrive on this sort of thing. They tend to really do well um, when it comes to controversy. They sort of revel in it. I'm not sure if anyone listening has watched their last three E3 presentations. Last year, obviously, E3 was canceled, but they still released their presentation as sort of a standalone thing. And uh, the two years before, Devolver Digital had the very weird shows uh that the first one i didn't really get the second one i did a little bit better but still the fact that they're doing things different and interesting is interesting so hopefully devolver digital is uh doing well you know coming out on the other side of this thing i suspect that they are finally uh got sort of a bevy of articles related to playstation stuff um they all kind of in my mind, linked together. The first one I'm going to start with is Sony Studio Boss says that it's not to expect PS5 exclusives to hit PC at launch. I think this is interesting. Obviously, our show is relatively PC-centric. Um, we have dabbled in other consoles, but primarily we play on PC, and I know I have said that I was very excited to see a lot of Sony titles coming to PC because of Microsoft pretty much releasing all of their stuff at the same time everywhere. And with Game Pass, meaning that a lot of Xbox Xbox titles you're able to play on PC at release um, at no sort of extra cost beyond your monthly subscription fee. I felt like we have felt like this is a place where Sony is getting their asses kicked. And then they start bringing their exclusives to PC, which, one, looks good for them, makes me excited, means that if I want to play these games instead of buying a used ps3 or 4 or 5 you know at some point and used games so sony's not getting any of my money they would get at least some of my money by releasing them on pc platforms and steam has been the most popular but obviously epic gog they could even create their own steam or their own pc launcher or store or or whatever to buy these games from i wouldn't be surprised if they did that honestly but it, it's an option to them. And it, it strikes me as odd and short-sighted that they're not willing to do this, not willing to put their games on PC at the same time. I, I understand from the exclusive standpoint of like, oh, we don't want people who are going to buy our console to shy away. So I understand if you want to hold things back a little bit. I still think that you would garner enough goodwill 
and make enough money off of it that it would be worth it. But I understand if they want a limited exclusivity window, but you know, years and years after the fact is, it just seems so the phrase leaving money on the table comes to mind. Um, I'm not going to rush out and buy every franchise brand new from them, but titles like Gran Turismo 7, um, or, well, any of the Gran Turismo series. Sorry, I said 7 specifically because another one of the articles I've got queued up here, but the Gran Turismo series, um, God of War, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. These are all games that I would be willing to buy brand new at release on PC if they would just release them. Or relatively soon you know one month two month even one quarter exclusivity to to sony's consoles but that's close enough to be sort of a part of the conversation that i would be willing to to buy them you know at launch but with the way that they're doing it while i'm still not likely to go the used uh ps4 ps5 whatever route I'm just going to wait. I've already waited for a year or more for your games. I'm just going to wait until they go on a really, really deep discount and pay five bucks for it instead of, you know, 40, 50, 60 bucks at launch when it's new and exciting. I'm sure there, there are other, um, PlayStation exclusives that people would be willing to, to, to do that for as well. Uncharted comes to mind. Um, probably the biggest one that comes to mind, but, I mean, PlayStation are, are juggernauts, um, you know, in, in the, the gaming space. Sony is a juggernaut. So I'm sure there are lots of franchises that possibly I'm not as interested in or not aware of that others would be ready to jump on immediately on PC. So it just feels extremely short-sighted to me, sort of a cut-your-nose-off-to-spite-your-face kind of thing. But we'll see. They're certainly starting to lean in that direction a little bit more. But speaking of um, exclusivity and Gran Turismo 7 and God of War, um, tying into this, the God of War sequel and Gran Turismo 7 are going to be coming to PS4 as well as PS5. Um, and the reason I think these are, are super linked, besides just the Sony thing, is that Sony knows that they have such a huge player base on PS4 that hasn't gone to PS5, and they have such a need to shift to want to shift copies of these games they're going to be developing that they're not saying this but let's be real here they're going to be developing inferior versions of these games to run on the previous hardware the previous generation of hardware because they need the sales and so it strikes me as it would be a good business sense or a good business move for them to make these available on PC as well again if they really want some exclusivity then then having a short timed exclusivity window and then releasing them on PC um an interview with let's see one moment while i find this here there's a there's a quote okay playstation studios herman holst did an interview related to to these things um obviously some back and forth some questions but he come out towards the end of it saying you can't build a community over 110 million ps4 owners and then just walk away from it right i think that'd be bad news for fans of ps4 and frankly not very good business and yeah, absolutely. It's not good business to leave those guys hanging out in the dark. Um, it would be good business to make more PS5s available to people. Um, granted, some of those manufacturing constraints, there's nothing they can do about due to massive 
shortages in global uh, silicon supply as a result of COVID and other factors. Um, you know, I, I understand that being a limitation. But instead of just releasing it on PS4, you know what would be good? Business sense? Put it on PC. I would buy Gran Turismo 7 on PC at launch, 100%. I love Gran Turismo. Um, I've talked endlessly about Forza. I love racing sims. And while I know that Gran Turismo is not the simmiest of racing sims, it's up there with them that, that exist in sort of a more mainstream market. So I would be very interested in Gran Turismo 7 on PC because let's just be real here. It would run better. It would look better. It would run smoother if they were willing to put in the time to do it. So with that, that brings us to sort of a, a conclusion on those news articles. This is future Jared cutting in with something that I saw as I was uh, getting ready to do the edit on this. (laughs) And I just, I just had to laugh uh, and share Cyberpunk 2077 will, quote, live up to what we promised, end quote, CD Projekt boss says. Uh, I don't know. I hope so. I hope that they fix it. I hope that people enjoy it. Um, But I just can't help but laugh at such a game that was so fucked up at launch and fucked up for months after the fact that they're still leaning on these promises still making these hollow promises do do something actually fix it and then say look we fixed it we did it and apologize and give people their money back or at least some of their money back for releasing a broken product a non-functioning product into the world cd project do that then i won't laugh at you and roll my eyes at you but for the sake of the people who wanted the game who are interested in the game and, and bought it. I want it to be good for them. I hope that they have enjoyed their time so far. I mean, if you want to really end up the conversation about that, I guess go back a few months when we had Phil as a, uh, a third wheel on the show to talk about his experience with uh, cyberpunk 2077 on PC. But I mean, this just feels like trying to generate some hype. Um, this, this uh, article or this interview rather Seems to have been done right around the time that CD Projekt was doing a uh, an earnings meeting. Um, let's see. Yeah, with investors. Um, so th- this seems like something they were just trying to say. Or they were just saying to try to build some hype, boost the numbers while they were doing their review. And then it'll dip off again as the, uh, the hype fades. So, you know, I-, I hope that they put together a good game. I really want them to for everyone involved, but I just don't have any faith. I just don't have any faith in any AAA developers at this point, I don't think. Maybe if I really sat down and thought about it, I could come up with one. But, I mean, you know, CD Projekt, well, all developers, all AAA developers to my knowledge, massive crunch, unethical crunch periods, treating workers badly, not paying them what they're worth, all, you know, that sort of thing. Um, Then many developers... um, releasing extremely buggy broken games you know effectively fixing it in post with updates after the fact i mean these are things that if you bought a product that was this broken it would be recalled and you would get your money back for it but because they're digital goods or video games or the culture around them you know multifaceted they get away with it and just fuck these AAA developers fuck them i don't no respect no trust no faith um 
prove prove it. Prove to me that you can create a product, and then I will have a little bit of faith in you that you can do so. So anyways, we'll uh, we'll cut back to present-day Jared at this point, or past Jared. It's, time is weird. Recordings are weird, right? We'll, we'll cut back to where we were before. So yeah, I think that wraps up the show for this week. Uh, looking at my recording time, um, after the editing process, this should probably cut down to about 20... Five to thirty minutes. Um, and I'm happy with that. That's good enough for a little solo recording. I hope you guys enjoy this week. Hope you have enjoyed listening to just me rambling with a very minor plan. Fingers crossed, fingers, toes, arm, every every extremity that you can cross, cross it that Rage gets his laptop uh on time and that there's nothing wrong with it. So we can record just a normal ass episode and get back into a rhythm of doing things uh, the way we did. No idea how Game Club is going to turn out. We've had a couple of discussions, and then every time we think we've settled on a plan, something happens and we have to delay, and I have to, you know, I've been having to get something put together. So I know we're going to talk about a normal lost phone and, an, and another lost phone at some point. Our entire Game Club schedule for the year is going to be upended but you know we'll get it all put together we really appreciate everyone who stuck by us during this time um and continue to support us we promise we'll get back in the rhythm of doing things as soon as we can i suppose i should do the uh the plugging of the things um if you want to contact us you can do so by sending an email to vglpodcast at gmail.com if you want to join us on Discord, um, that will be a link to that will be in the show notes. Um, just VGL Podcast on there. Uh, if you want to support us on Patreon, which we appreciate the people who do, you help pay for our hosting and other things so that we can put together this lovely question mark content together for you. You can do so over at patreon.com slash VGL Podcast. Um, you can follow us on vglpodcast.podbean.com or wherever podcasts are sold, such as iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and so on. Our intro and outro music is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and you can find his work over at incomputech.com. As always, as this lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. Bye.